1: It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. It is time for Pope Pope Parliament, where we bring you updates from the Day One Rakyat. And, of course, it's Tuesday, so that usually means Prime Minister Datushri Anwar Ibrahim kicks off the session with the question time. Today, though, Day One Speaker announced a new format where Anwar only answers two questions.
2: Now, the first question Anwar received was from Parit Sulong MP Dr. Noraini Ahmad. Uh, she asked about his support for de dollarization and whether other countries would welcome the Malaysian ringgit as a trading currency.
1: So, Anwar listed countries that we've succeeded in using our country for trade with, including China, Indonesia, and Thailand. And according to him, we've succeeded the most with China. <laughs>
3: umpamanya paling berhasil dengan negara China melalui apa yang disebut uh, dua. satu high level principles local currency transaction ASEAN dan prinsip yang sama lebih kurang dengan negara China kalau nak uh, jelaskan umpamanya dengan dengan negara China ini dari segi Malaysia jumlah sudah agak tinggi walaupun dia sekitar sekarang ini meningkat kepada 19.2% daripada jumlah perdagangan keseluruhannya secara penyelesaian dengan negara China dan ini Thailand. Negara China ya. Penyelesaian sekarang ini daripada jumlah perdagangan ialah 25%. Maknanya 39.2 bilion ringgit
2: Now, he added that our major trading partners like Singapore, Japan, Hong Kong and South Korea are not interested, however, in using the ringgit. He explained that this is because of their significant integration in the international trade.
3: Dari segi perdagangan paling tinggi kita adalah dengan Singapura 15 percent Tapi sebagai negara perdagangan Singapura tidak menunjukkan terlalu kuat minat untuk menggunakan wang uh, 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 tempatan local kawenzi. Yang kedua tertinggi adalah China 13.8 percent dan China di antara negara yang paling uh, aktif menyambut. Dan ini kedua-duanya, negara dan sektor swasta uh, Cuma permasalahannya bila syarikat itu terlibat dalam international trade yang lain uh, Jadi mereka sukar untuk mengambil kira kepentingan dua negara sahaja uh, Kemudian uh, saya tidak lihat ada minat Jepun, Hong Kong Kita berikut kalau ikut urutan kepentingan perdagangan ialah Thailand, Indonesia. Sudah masuk. Korea tidak. India uh, masih mengenakan sekatan penggunaan rupee luar India melainkan untuk warganegara India. Jadi uh, rundingan tu mungkin mengambil masa.
1: Kubang Pasu MP Ku Abdul Rahman Ku Ismail then brought up the possibility of using the gold dinar and whether this would uh, this would not be accepted by countries that use the US dollar. Anwar said that this was a good idea and would
2: give the country an alternative but there was a serious lack of consideration in terms of making the gold dinar a mainstream currency he said the idea would be discussed further during a meeting on islamic finance and economics uh, scheduled for
3: december <laughs> Dan uh, negara-negara Islam itu utamanya uh, Biasa dengan kedudukan dinar Malahkan dengan uh, meningkatnya uh, Lebih pada satu triliun dolar Amerika uh, Industri halal Itu uh, negara-negara lain Itu sudah uh, lebih-lebih maklum uh, Diberikan penedahan tentang keperluan dinar Tetapi dari um, usaha sejak 90-an itu Sambutan serius itu belum ada. Uh, perbincangan diteruskan dan ini di antara tajuk yang akan kita uh, rojok semula dalam pertemuan uh, mengenai ekonomi Islam, ekonomi dan kewangan Islam yang diadakan di Kuala Lumpur bulan Disember.
1: That was Prime Minister and in this context important to say Finance Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim on the possibility of the gold dinar uh, as a currency. Let us know. Do you think our de-dollarization approach gives us an edge when it comes to trading? And what do you think about the possibility of us using the gold dinar as currency? You can as a trading currency. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio.
2: Now, if you heard our live stream at the budget last Friday, you had noted the government's move to lift the uh, to lift a price controls on chicken and eggs. The justification, well, to support the supply of chicken and eggs by letting the market function
1: freely. So Hulu Trungano MP Datuk Rosul Wahid asked for a guarantee that this measure will not burden the people who are already dealing with high costs of living.
2: Yeah. So Anwar explained that this was actually the right time for the government to make this move because of two things. First, the fact that our supply is now stable. And secondly, current market prices are now below the ceiling price.
1: He also shared that the Agriculture and Food Security Ministry has 30% of the stock that we can take from if there is a shortage. And he had instructed them to buy from Thailand if we needed to. So,
3: the we have is to look at the, of the, price, of when the price is below the ceiling. Dan harga ayam dan telur di Thailand itu lebih rendah daripada Malaysia Maka ini masa ketikanya kita apungkan Yakni, kalau benar ada kekurangan Dan saya setuju dengan apa yang kebimbangan Maka kita akan cambahkan daripada stok Kementerian Pertanian punya 30% stok ayam dan telur Dan... Bersedia, saya telah beritahu, menterinya pun ada, untuk membeli dari Thailand. Andai kata ada keperluan untuk mengelak daripada harga itu naik. Itu setakat jaminan yang kita boleh lakukan.
1: That was Prime Minister Dato Sri Ibrahim. Let us know, are you happy with the government's decision to remove the subsidies of chicken and eggs? You can call us, 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now that was the end of the PM's question time. So now let's look at what went
2: on during the regular q session. First up, a question from Masjid Tana MP, Datuk Mas Ermayati Samsuddin, who wanted to know what's being done to address overcrowding in prisons and also about programs to help former prisoners get back on their
1: feet. Home Affairs Minister Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution said that Malaysia's overcapacity was at 5.8%. Um, so this quoted number is actually a drastic decrease from what was reported in February this year by the Malaysian Prison Department because at that time they revealed that the number of inmates in prisons nationwide exceeds its current maximum capacity by 36%. Um, So that's quite a lot compared to what the minister said, 5.8%. Anyway, Saifuddin said that according to international standards, an overcapacity of 20% was still considered, quote unquote, tolerable.
2: So uh, Saifuddin, Saifuddin then proceeded to break down the capacities of all 40 prisons in the country.
4: Ada 13 penjara sekarang di negara kita yang kita anggap over capacity, 13. Itu termasuk Kota Kinabalu, Pengkalan Chepa dan Marang. Under capacity, kita ada 15. Yang paling uh, apa namanya rendah ni adalah Lat Datu sebab baru siap. Jadi belum lagi dipenuhi dengan penghuni dalam keupayaan capacity dia. Yang within capacity the door 12
1: Saifuddin spoke about the measures to lessen overcrowding one of which involves an admission prison where individuals are assessed and then profiled before being assigned where to go next Other initi- initiatives like uh, paroles also mean that inmates are not held in prison buildings so that overcrowding could be lessened
4: Yang pertama kita admission prison bagi setiap kemasukan penghuni baru setelah mahkamah jatuhkan hukuman sabitan pemenjaraan mereka tak terus masuk ke ruang penjara mereka diletakkan dulu ke admission prison di situ dilakukan profiling profiling misalnya latar belakang kes ataupun tahap uh, risiko high risk high risk ataupun low risk Setelah itu barulah mereka ditempatkan. Jadi mereka akan berada di admission prison dalam tempoh sekitar 4-5 minggu dan itu secara fizikal tak berada dalam ruang penjara bermaksud kesesakan dapat dikurangkan walaupun tempoh dia Yang kedua, Jabatan Penjara kita invoke section tertentu dalam akta penjara. Seumpama section 43, section 46, maka lahirlah inisiatif seperti parole Pembebasan berlesen, perintah kehadiran wajib, dan segala macam. Ada lima atau enam inisiatif lain.
2: The minister then listed two measures to assist former prisoners to get back on their feet. One is skills training while in prison. The other is a job placement program during their parole period. The latter involves collaboration with over 300 companies.
4: Sepanjang penghuni dalam penjara, satu, kita ada uh, asuhan tentang kemahiran. ...CIDB, sijil di bawah Kementerian Sumber... ...sijil TVET ini... ...yang membolehkan mereka develop the skill... ...dan sejak 2012 hingga sekarang... ...ada 16,000 penghuni penjara... ...yang keluar dengan kemahiran bersijil ini... ...itu ada jaminan uh, peluang kerja kepada mereka... ...tapi sementara kalau mereka masuk... ...di bawah perol dan pembebasan berlesen... ...Jabatan Penjara ada korporasi dengan 325 syarikat... ...maknanya mereka ini diletak di Community Correction Center... ...bukan dalam tembok penjara mereka pergi kerja Panasonic, SW Corp MRT, and Martinez skala macam pertama mereka dapat pendapatan bulanan dan mereka tidak berada dalam tembok penjara
1: That was Home Affairs Minister Dato Sri Saifuddin Nasution let us know um what would you like to see done to make former inmates more employable. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM radio. Now, let's move
2: on to the question of children. Batu MPP, Pabrakaran, asked Adato Ayman Atira Sabu, Deputy Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, about assistance being given to help children with autism and ADHD, aside from financial assistance. Ayman mentioned measures like establishing kindergartens and launching a campaign to encourage parents to register their children as persons with a disability. All this under the Persons with Disabilities Act
0: tuan dan deputua untuk itu kita menggalakkan kita ingin menggalakkan semua ibu bapa untuk segera mendaftarkan kanak-kanak yang merupakan OKU supaya mereka ini berhak untuk menikmati hampir 30 kemudahan yang telah disediakan oleh pihak kerajaan. Keduanya menyediakan perkhidmatan taska OKU Kerajaan dengan Kerjasama Pertubuhan Sukarela Kebajikan PSK telah menubuhkan 6 buah taska OKU pada tahun 2013 sebagai projek rintis dan kemudian menambah lagi 5 buah taska OKU pada tahun 2020. Sehingga kini terdapat sebanyak 11 buah taska OKU bagi 6 kategori kanak-kanak orang kurang upaya yang merangkumi sindrom down, autism, penglihatan, pendengaran fizikal dan juga pembelajaran. Di mana taska bagi kanak-kanak OKU Autism yang khususnya uh, Iaitu uh, tasca autism uh, Diadakan di, di, di Sibu Sarawak Dalam pada masa yang sama Kerajaan turut menyediakan program kepada OKU Yang turut memberi manfaat kepada kanak-kanak autism Dan ADHD seperti Pertamanya adalah program pemulihan dalam komuniti PDK Di mana seramai 18,957 OKU Telah menerima perkhidmatan di semua ...564 PDK yang berada di seluruh negara sehingga Ogos 2023. Dan yang keduanya adalah perkhidmatan institusi. Terdapat tujuh buah institusi OKU iaitu Taman Sinar Harapan, THH... ...yang diadakan di seluruh negara yang memberikan penjagaan dan perlindungan... ...serta pemulihan kepada kanak-kanak OKU kategori pembelajaran termasuklah Autism dan juga ADHD...
1: Tumpat MP, Datuk Mumtaz Nawi, then asked a, a two-parter question. One, whether the government would do inter-ministry cooperation with the Health and Education Ministries. She said this was important for parents to have awareness so that early intervention can take place. Secondly, she asked if a department for persons with disabilities can be formed. To this, Aiman said that a department for people with
2: disabilities has been created. However, due to financial constraints, they don't currently have the capacity to separate the department's function from that of the welfare
0: department saya kepada dewan yang mulia Bahawa Jabatan OKU telah pun diwujudkan di bawah Kementerian uh, Pembangunan Wanita Keluarga dan Masyarakat. Tetapi buat masa ini dia masih duduk di bawah Jabatan Kebajikan Masyarakat due to uh, kekangan yang banyak itu khususnya uh, di sudut keperluan uh, bajet contohnya. Kita pun dalam proses untuk mewujudkan uh, mengasingkan satu Jabatan Pembangunan Kanak-Kanak. Tetapi walaubagaimanapun perkara ini telah pun diberi perhatian dan berada di dalam pipeline tindakan gerak kerja Kementerian.
1: Now, on the matter of working together with other ministries, Ayman agreed that this was important, and a children's department to accommodate uh, collaboration was in fact underway. And besides that, the no- the National Social Council also existed, uh, so that matters um, so that matters on the rights of children is constantly being discussed.
0: Uh, Kementerian kita uh, sebagai satu kerajaan yang bersama sama ada di peringkat Kementerian Pendidikan dan juga Kementerian. Uh, kesihatan kita dan kita ada satu majlis sosial negara Tuan Yang Dipertua yang di mana kita sentiasa berbincang untuk kepentingan anak-anak dan untuk makluman yang berhormat tumpat juga kita uh, dalam perancangan untuk membangunkan satu modul intervensi awal kanak-kanak OKU yang mana supaya semua uh, segala keperluan ini uh, berkaitan anak-anak kanak-kanak OKU ini dapat dilihat dan dapat diterapkan kepada semua taska dan juga kepada semua pendidikan awal kanak-kanak insya-Allah.
2: That was Deputy Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, ato Aiman Atira Sabu. Now, tell us, uh, what's your experience been when it comes to taking care of children with autism or ADHD? How has early intervention helped with your children's quality of life? You can share your experience. You can call us at double seven double three two nine hundred, or you can WhatsApp us at
1: 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. And that's all for today's uh, updates from Parliament. Just to summarise the things that came up Firstly, we heard about developments in our de dollarization approach As well as a little bit about the possibility of using the gold DINA for trading currency Uh, We also heard about the government's decision to remove subsidies for chicken and eggs As well as prison overcrowding And what the government is doing to make former inmates more employable And finally, um, we heard about assistance for children with disabilities Particularly those with autism and ADHD if you'd like to weigh in, you can call 777 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio.
0: Building Fit Malaysians,
3: BFM. Eighty nine
1: point nine. It's five thirty nine. You're listening to the evening edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We've been looking at the updates from Dewan Rakyat today on Pope Pope parliament, and uh, one of the things that came up was actually um, initiatives towards uh, people with disabilities. Specifically, uh, there were questions asked about um, children with uh, ADHD or autism and what was being done. Um, so uh, we actually have a number of thoughts that have come in on that. If you would like. Like to weigh in, you can call three two nine900 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 tweeters at BFM Radio. Let's start with uh this from Sharul, who says: it's good to hear that we will have a new department for persons with disabilities. This is a much needed step towards improving and managing their lives. Don't use budget constraints as an excuse for not allocating funds to the new department. The government has allocated billions of ringgits to uh Jackim in budget 2024. This suggests that the government has the resources to su- support this new department for PWDs.
2: Cheryl, I think you're absolutely right in, in asking questions around uh, government and its priorities and where it puts resources. Um, it's also very interesting to you know ask ourselves, when we think of, uh, of the category of persons with disabilities, What comes to mind? You know, are we thinking of people who can't help themselves or are we thinking about people who, for whatever whatever disabilities they might have, actually might have a lot of talents? And if you enable that, you can actually benefit. And I say by you, I mean the country, society as a whole.
1: Actually, I keep going back to um, that that thought that is often expressed when you talk about what it means to make society and public spaces and and just life in life in our our community is more accessible and how it shouldn't be an afterthought right that and maybe that's what something like a dedicated department um, will champion the idea that it's not about we plan a city or we plan a space or we build a school and we think about education and then later retrofit how we are going to accommodate for people with disabilities, that instead it should be a conversation that takes place from the beginning. And um, I hope at least that having a department is is one step in that direction. Uh, Roberto says, in my case, when I receive students with learning disabilities at the university level, I always wonder if these children have gone through the specific kind of treatments or if they have um, suffered the needs to attend a school that wasn't cut out for them. It would be great if, as part of these initiatives, the Minister of Education and other respective departments could train teachers to identify learners with these sorts of conditions to guide them properly and to assist them at their own pace without exposing them to the scrutiny of their own classmates, not to mention from the system itself.
2: Yeah, I think, Roberto, what you do quite correctly is to ask the question about when we should be, you know, like, as you're saying, Shamila, and when do we start to think about people with disabilities, or and considering that we all could be one day in that category, for whatever reason, right, an accident could suddenly uh, transport you from being sober, you know, able bodied into uh, that category. So, um, I I do wonder about that, you know, whether, uh, you know, in terms of um, kind of early intervention, you know, that happens sufficiently, the kind of resources that need to be put into training teachers to identify that somebody's got a specific uh, disability, especially a learning disability. I'm
1: I'm just not sure myself how much is being done. And. Honestly, that's why that question of cross-ministerial cooperation came about, right? Because when we talk about identifying students who who have special needs, that's actually a, a, an education issue. And if we're talking about schools that are under-resourced, um, if we're talking about teachers that need to contend with classes of 40-plus students, this sort of intervention isn't easy to put in place. And so I do think that um, that question about what sort of Interdepartmental collaborations we are fostering, it becomes really important. Um, we have Ryan saying, "What about adults with ADHD? Were there any support systems provided to them, especially working adults?" To be fair, Ryan, uh, we <laughs> can't answer that necessarily, but I do think that the that part of the are reason you having why, trouble
2: focusing is it Shavon?
1: Sharad, let's not let's not tread into areas that we don't want to talk about. Um, I do want to say this though:
2: the question of the neurodivergent, right? So when you think about talent, we, you know, we we if we shift the conversation slightly about disability, because disability sounds like a, a negative, right? It just sounds like oh, people are helpless. But if you think about the neurodivergent, it's another way of thinking about people with ADHD and related uh, conditions and I'm not a specialist in this, I, I, what, what I understand is that they have special talents that are now being recognized. they are companies and organizations set up to kind of think about tapping into the special skills that people who are neurodivergent have. And so you know, it just it just reshapes the conversation because suddenly you're thinking
1: of people with ADHD as a potential resource. So I wanted to relate Ryan's question actually to Cheryl's message because Cheryl is saying this is why PWD need their own department because now people with disabilities are placed under welfare and that sits under JKM. And Cheryl, You're absolutely right that this sort of specialised intervention or or, um, coming up with solutions or thinking of ways in which we can, for instance, like Ryan says, provide support to adults who might be struggling with these issues needs to come from recognising that um, the issues that fall under this people with disabilities category are actually really diverse. And if we place them under the larger umbrella of welfare, they're probably not going to get the attention that they need.
2: Yeah, it seems like a conversation, you know, if you remember the time in which there was an inflection point, I think, when we weren't talking about mental health issues. And then then we started talking about mental health issues and in a way that, was, that got broader and deeper and more intelligent and more interesting. I think with regard to people with disabilities, I think we need to have that in recognising not just kind of a whole spectrum of disabilities, but also where disability framed as it might be traditionally is not the most helpful and productive way to think about this issue.
1: If you would like to weigh in, you can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweeters at BFM radio. I think we have time to circle back to the uh, discussion on um uh, children with autism and ADHD. We have a couple of voice notes that have come in. Let's start with this from Paul.
5: Hi, good evening. What a great topic, um, especially about the budget and mental health issues. (laughs) We could go on and on about that. Now, uh, I I heard you mention that um, there were people concerned about ADHD in adulthood. Well, let me reassure you that... um, that the the doctors, the researchers, the scientists have been hard at work and those of you who feel you are suffering from ADHD in adulthood um, please get yourself assessed, there are wonderful new new um, drugs, let me say drugs, Um, if you are averse to it, medication to help you um, deal with your ADHD. So please um, yes, it is available for all and it's a spectrum of ADHD as well um, it's it's you can call it a mild to severe ADHD, but those who feel there is ADHD, there are two approaches to this. One is medication, which I would I would suggest be your first um, f- first attempt at at correcting th- things that you don't like, and secondly, behavioral stuff. So all the best. Just do some research, and you'll be good. You'll be good, and new opportunities will open up. Bye. Thank you for that, Paul, um, who, if you
1: didn't know, is himself a psychologist. So that's good advice right there. Uh, Anyway, keep your thoughts coming. You have been listening to a podcast from
0: BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.